0: We have got quite a sarcastic episode coming your way, guys, so brace yourself for some giggles and massive sarcasm. Just assume everything I'm saying is sarcastic, but we're going to talk about the State of the Union, which happened last night. Let's talk about it. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, cause we're gonna laugh and we're gonna learn. And above all else, we're gonna gain perspective. Hey guys, okay, I'm going to say it because I never get to say it, but it has been almost no minutes at all since last I spoke to you, and you're so impressed how quickly I'm getting a podcast out on the State of the Union, although I've already read like a million commentaries on it, so I'm clearly not that quick, but uh, if you didn't watch it, this will give you the flyby exciting moments and just my awesome opinions on what happened last night. And I got to tell you, I have never sat through a State of the Union address. Never occurred to me to watch a State of the Union address. I am the girl that would listen to the podcast about the State of the Union or read the little synopsis in some article. So it's kind of fun to watch the State of the Union address, generally speaking, And I just found it really funny that I do believe the left actually has come up with an amazing strategy to gain some ground before the midterms and possibly even make a major move towards winning the presidency again in 2024, and that is to absolutely rip off all of the talking points of the conservative agenda. (laughs) The crazy left has thought, okay, if Trump is what the majority of the American people want, then we better start sounding like Trump or we're not going to win this bad boy. And by golly, I actually agreed with a lot of the things Biden said. However, I'm like, those are not your thoughts. These are not your ideas. These are not the actions you have taken as president. This is hilarious that this is actually your strategy, that you're aware enough to recognize that what you're doing is not popular, that you're doing a full 180 up to and including ending the State of the Union with an almost direct quote from Trump himself with the State of the Union is strong because the people of America are strong. Apparently, like I said, I've never watched a State of the Union before. Apparently, that is very close, if not exactly what Trump said in his State of the Union address. So I just find that fun. I think that's kind of a funny little factoid. Um, but I'm going to take you through, I actually took notes, you're welcome, I watched and wrote down things so that you don't have to watch it, because it was painful, there were things he said that he didn't mean to say, like, I'm sure you've seen the memes, that he's in support of the Iranian people. We did not realize that Russia had, you know, invaded Iran as well, but apparently we need to also be in support of the Iranian people, and what was great about This State of the Union is you get to see Nancy and Kamala behind him. And for the first time, you know, since the science has changed two days ago and you don't have to wear a mask in Congress all of a sudden, right before the State of the Union, convenient science change, we got to see the faces of Nancy and Kamala. And that was real fun. The times that Joe just absolutely got lost in his sentence or when he specifically said to support the Iranians. Kamala bless her sweetheart was just like oh gosh okay and so we got to see her facial expressions and that was fun I will say and this is probably true for all state of the unions but again haven't watched before the standing ovation is about as watered down as the word racism or you're a racist it actually means nothing because they stood in a standing ovation every sentence and a half Every time Biden put a period, everybody stood up and did a standing ovation. And again, I imagine this is like the way that it goes. But I just was like, you know, a standing out Like, that's what they made applause for. You could just applaud and not do your, you know, squat aerobic routine here in Congress. But the standing at every sentence was just kind of like overdone. I don't know. I thought it was like hilarious. Watered the whole thing down. Means nothing. And I have to say that Nancy, bless her dear heart, was just so thrilled. She was so thrilled the whole time. Just, I I want to describe the look on her face in a graphic and inappropriate way, but I can't think of anything else. So I'm just going to not describe it. But let me tell you, she was jumping out of her skin In her brain to just, she it was like she wanted to just tackle Biden and cover him in kisses. She just was so stoked. Quite the opposite attitude that she had at Trump's last State of the Union where she stood up and ripped his speech like a third grader. I don't know if y'all remember that, but she ripped his speech in half and like threw it on the desk like a mature 80-year-old that she is. So we started out as, as, you know, would be expected with the state of the union, which is meaning to talk about the state of our country with talking about the state of Ukraine, which obviously is something we have to talk about because, you know, why? Also, there was just an alarming amount of blue and yellow. Everybody was wearing the blue and yellow Ukrainian flag. One person actually wore a neon yellow dress with a, you know, royal blue coat over it or an electric blue coat over it I guess I would say which is just not a good look in general but I get where she was going like full support you know spirit tuesday I'm with you so we we clearly got the memo that we're meant to be very very sympathetic to Ukraine again I already did my podcast on that you know my thoughts on that but I'm getting more and more suspicious and hesitant to go down that road and fall into that narrative any farther because they're just pushing it oh so hard. I feel like, okay, what what gives? But that was fun. So we had to start the State of the Union with talking about Ukraine, okay? I'm not sure what that has to do with Biden's presidency so far or the United States of America, we definitely got reinforced Russia bad, Putin bad, you know, just like orange man bad. We just fully got that. I just want to remind y'all that Biden has been in president in his presidency now for 13 complete full months. And Russia invaded the Ukraine six days prior to the state of the union address. And Biden spent 30 minutes of about 30 minutes of his 70 minute speech talking about Russia and Ukraine. So I just, you know, like, I just feel like that is a relevant piece of information given that he really had nothing good to say about the state of the union so he had to burn up that much time talking about an easy emotional target that they had they have already primed us and primed us and primed us to have a response to so again the puzzle pieces are fitting together then we went on to the state of the union finally almost halfway through the speech we finally got to start talking a little bit about our country, which is fun. Biden immediately started by claiming all of the pandemic recovery, you know, people reopening their businesses and going back to work because they were finally allowed to go back to work as his own doing, as economic growth, as never seen before in history, that much growth over the course of his presidency, which of course is just, it's not new growth, but he claimed it as, you know, somehow he did that, Or, you know, this is new jobs created or something like that. Very, very, um, I'm like, please tell me that nobody fell for that one because you cannot claim a recovery from a pandemic as your own policies being implemented as a president. But he sure tried and it was a strong start. I appreciate that. Then he started to talk about inflation, which I'm surprised it came up as early in the speech as it did, because it's obviously the largest issue that the Americans are facing each and every moment of each and every day. So I thought maybe he'd like try to bury it. And, you know, he he laid out a very poor plan to address inflation, namely... We know, economists agree, this is not like a... This is just where logic flows in your brain here. Government spending has created this inflation. It will worsen this inflation. And 80% of his speech after he got done talking about Russia was about government spending. So he has a ferocious, ferocious. Is that a word? Did I just make up a brand new word to describe how bad... Biden's plan is for tackling inflation. He added a ferocious, go with it, put it in the dictionary, a ferocious plan for tackling inflation. What word did I even mean to say? Hideous? You get it. Atrocious. That's the word I meant. He had an atrocious plan. So government spending actually caused, and I will totally put part of this blame on Trump. He signed some just... Garbage bills, and I really feel like his hand was forced because of the nature of the pandemic and needing government assistant to go out, assistance to go out in huge, huge numbers. But hey, it's on his, you know, on his watch that some of those trillions of dollars were spent under him. I don't know how else to say it, but government spending has caused and will continue to worsen inflation. It is not going to solve the problem. Giving people more money is not going to work. He said we need to lower costs and not wages. Now, I just want to go with this on logic because I see this all the time where a lot of the left, they want to up minimum wage, but then they turn around and want to expect businesses to lower their costs and somehow this is going to solve the problem. Now just riddle me this, put yourself in the business boat like I'm the CEO of a small business, I'm a small owner, okay, of a of a restaurant, let's say. I have 15 employees. I run a restaurant. Now, let's say the government says I need to up, or the government does, ups minimum wage to, you know, I don't know, $20 an hour, let's say. So now I have to pay all these people $20 an hour, but then they expect that I would lower the cost of the items on my menu. So bring down my ability to make a profit and then expect my expenses as a business owner to go up. Please explain that to me because what happens? People have to get laid off. So yeah, I just don't understand how that is ever a logical like progression of thought, but I hear this often. So if somebody wants to explain to me how that works, I'm totally all ears, but he says we need to lower costs and raise wages. Okay, great idea. Totally into it. And then he says, goes on this whole diatribe about buying American-made things and bringing manufacturing back to America, which, uh, yes, okay. Again, first indication, we're going to start ripping off conservative <laughs> talking points and going back to, what did Trump do that everybody seemed to love? Let's just go do those things and call them our things. Trump was big on those sorts of things, and it, the reason why... Jo- jobs were driven overseas to begin with is this whole desire to rage, ways, rage wages, raise wages and lower costs. That equals we jobs went overseas because of this, like, agenda and this push and this need to have lower ki- priced items. This is why Walmart, being the largest corporation, is actually a bad thing because it forces, in order for us to roll back those prices and make everything as cheap as humanly possible, the labor cost is enormous, especially here in America. So it is you know we just we cannot have it both ways and of course in a utopian world i think so many issues republicans and democrats would be on the same page of we all want certain things but there is a reality that also comes into play like it would be lovely if we had electric uh, electric cars and everybody drove electric cars except for those electric cars have lithium batteries in them and the current like mass amount of lithium 85 percent, i believe is controlled by china the communist party of china that is our enemy they're not like we gotta go so we have to support the communist china economy in order to build these these electric cars and then we have to plug these cars into our homes or into some other place and i'm imagining that our homes are not run off of electric cars generators probably run off crude oil or nuclear energy or natural gas or some other sort of source of natural resource that we're trying to get rid of. I think it's 18% less than 25%. I know that much. Less than 25% of the energy in our country comes from uh, non-traditional energy sources like renewable energy, like water or wind or these other things. Again, they're great. I love that idea. I am a big fan of alternative sources of energy, but it is just not realistic especially on the aggressive timeline people want to have us on to to get rid of all fossil fuels and move everything towards electric vehicles, these things conflict. And again, it's just like a logical progression. But the Democrats get to have all the big, great, grandiose ideas that they, they offer zero plan of, of action. They just get to blame the Republicans for being responsible and saying, we actually can't do that. We can't afford that or we can't. That's not realistic. Then they just get to blame the Republicans for standing in the way of progress. OK, so this is like a classic situation here. So a lot of what Biden said, it's like, well, yeah. Everybody would love to do that, but that's not realistic. And the only way you're proposing is government spending, which again is not going to help anybody any day soon at all. So his, tan- his plan to tackle inflation is to also—this was my favorite—one of his first point of tackling inflation. After we need to lower costs, but not wages, is to lower the price of prescription drugs specifically insulin, and he even had a kid in the audience that needed insulin, and he was all champion. Like, can you believe it costs this much to buy insulin and blah, blah, blah? Y'all, Trump did this he reduced the price of prescription drugs specifically insulin and the moment biden came back came into office he flipped all that turn like stopped all that all of the advancements trump made so it's just again hilarious that's a great idea joe biden why don't you just go rip up the executive order that you signed and make it go back to the way that it was under trump goodness gracious uh, it was a little bit frustrating to say the least. Then we got to start talking a little bit about COVID. And as like I already mentioned, luckily, just days before the State of the Union, the CDC changes its mask policies and its recommendations for indoor masking. So lucky duck, Biden gets to look like the conqueror of all things COVID because we got to see actual human faces at the State of the Union. So that's just kind of a funny little thing that happened, just saying. And he also said, and I kid you not, direct quote, vaccines and treatments are the answer to living with COVID and continuing to fight COVID. And he specifically listed antiviral treatments that as soon as People test positive. They should be giving, given antiviral treatments. I am not kidding you. He said these things. Do you know what the number one antiviral treatment used to, to treat COVID in the black market that has been absolutely censored off the face of the freaking planet? Ivermectin is an antiviral drug. O-M-G. Hydroxychloroquine is an antiviral drug. So you're telling me that now, now, two years later, we are supposed to take anti, antiviral drugs immediately. Treatments, you said, upon testing positive for COVID. Well, that's a great idea. Oh, hold the phone. It is, he's referring to the new pill from Pfizer, okay? Not ivermectin, not hydroxychloroquine. Don't get too excited. There's a new pill from Pfizer, and that's the one he wants us all to take. So as soon as you test positive, you are you already got your jab. Then you test positive. Then you got to get your Pfizer pill. Okay, so don't be trying. You're not off the hook. If you're trying to get your your black market ivermectin, nope, you're still banned and censored. But at least we're all on the same page. That early treatment is like a good idea. What a brilliant idea, Biden. Good plan. And he also encouraged us that people can now feel safe as of today. We can all feel safe. We can all feel safe getting together. It is official. COVID is coming to an end we can stop looking at COVID as a bipartisan, uh, a bipartisan issue, which I think that's a great idea. I cannot think for the life of me who made it a partisan issue. Can't even think about uh, certain people were just wanting to live their lives. And not be muzzled and not take jabs and all that. Just go on about, go to their jobs, get back to work, reopen their businesses. There was a whole group of people that wanted to do that. Just go about their merry lives. And then there was a whole group of people that shamed those other people for going about their, million, their, their regular lives because people were dying. And how dare you not wear your mask for other people and blah, blah, blah. But you're right. Let's for sure. I don't even know where this became partisan, and we need to get rid of the partisanness. Faux show. Sure. Then you're going to love this. He had a cop uh, and military widow in the audience that he talked about how cops are getting shot and killed on the street. And it has got to stop. America, it has got to stop that police officers are being killed. It on duty and we need to hire more police. And I'm going to quote Joe Biden right now. The answer is not to defund the police, it's to fund them. To fund them. To fund them. I'm I'm not adding the extra to fund them. He said it three times. To fund them. He said it is not to defund the police, it is to fund them. I'm blinking. I'm pausing right now to blink sarcastically. You can't see that because this is a podcast. Goodness gracious. I can't even handle that. To which you will love to know the Democrats jumped to their feet in their worthless standing ovation and cheered. Like that was a new idea and good and we should be doing that. And I feel like I've heard that before. That maybe defunding the police is a bad idea. But I don't know where I heard that. I don't know. He also said, as he was talking briefly about gun violence, and this is a quote, why should anyone on the terrorist list be able to buy a gun? And this is something, that was his direct quote. This is something that kind of went by, and I haven't seen anybody really commentate on that specific line, but this is exactly what things like the Patriot Act and uh, things like Homeland Security are meaning to do, y'all. We just need to sign bills. Nobody is going to disagree with the fact that a terrorist should not own a gun. A terrorist should obviously not own a gun. Well, what the heck is a terrorist? Let's first define what a terrorist is because currently, according to the DOJ, that is a mom. That is a mom who shows up at her school board meetings. So this is a slippery slope. And this is, again, where words and language are so critical and important. That is a direct quote. Why should anyone on the terrorist list be able to buy a gun? Surely both parties should be able to agree on that. We don't want terrorists owning gun. This is why it's a slippery freaking slope. And we just need to be very, very weary about any gun legislation because this is the agenda. The subversion is first we need to make whoever we want to make a terrorist. And then they're going to fit into the category of not eligible to bear arms. Okay, so it is a direct infringement on the Second Amendment. And Lauren Boebert, bless her heart, was very quickly to stand up and yell. Yes, it is an infringement. Love her. Her and Mary uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene were just on their game yelling, yelling (laughs) at Biden during the State of the Union. And I just thought that was really funny. Then we talked uh, briefly about election integrity, where he regurgitated the same old, same old that Republicans are suppressing the vote with all of their new voting laws that have come into play. And I want to just put this one little point out here for a second. Biden supposedly got 81 million votes in our last election, right? 81 million votes. More votes than any president in the history of the planet Earth. Even more than Obama, okay? And he has, 13 months into his presidency, the worst approval rating of any president in the history of planet Earth. How do those two things go together? That one year later, all those—all of the 81 million people who voted for you... Are deciding maybe that was not a good idea, or 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 is it maybe more likely that you didn't have eighty one million votes, that maybe you didn't have that strong of a support to begin with, that maybe you were a little bit lukewarmy as a candidate, that maybe even the people I know who voted for you are not actually that enthusiastic about you from the get go. Is that maybe more likely? I don't know. He didn't talk about election integrity all that long because God knows that is a losing issue for them. As more is coming out of Wisconsin this week, if you guys are paying attention to that, more fraud is being uncovered in Wisconsin. Even now, more criminal investigations are beginning. So we are not yet at the end of this. We we have a long time. We don't have a long time till the midterms, but we do have a long time before the presidential election. And I am optimistic that we will have so many laws in place that this will be a very secure election or at least more more um, secure. Biden, for a moment, talked about the opioid fight and how we really need to get in front of that. But that just kind of fell on deaf ears since he just sent out crack pipes and heroin needles on government dollars out to drug users. So I'm not sure where he was going with that one. He also said we need to secure our border, which is actually the first time I've heard him say a single thing about our border since he's been president. So I'm actually excited to hear he knows there should be a border because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if he knew that at all. But he did say that. So again, if we're we're keeping a tally of things that Trump did and was for, then we're like 100% on things Trump did and was for and like no things that Biden originally said he was going to do. Um, The only time that I heard Biden say God, as a Catholic, and I believe he is our first Catholic president, the only time I heard him say God was in connection with transgender rights and that they need to live up to their God-given potential. I just, I just not going to issue any other opinions on that. I just found that an interesting place to put God in. He still very much wants to kill our babies, big fan of abortion as a Catholic, also strange. He wants to be supporting of our veterans. Actually, his quote is, veterans are the backbone and the spine of our nation. That's his quote. I wrote it down, the backbone and the spine. So not the ribcage, but the backbone and the. The spine. I think he meant the spinal cord. I'm sure he didn't mean to say backbone and spine, which are two words that mean the same thing. He probably meant something else, but they're the backbone and the spine, veterans are. And like I said, he had a a widow of a veteran. Um, And I'm wondering just how many veterans he has on our terrorist list right now and how many veterans are January 6th prisoners, but they're the backbone and the spine. So probably it's a mistake if they're viewed as a terrorist or as a threat to our democracy or anything like that. Surely that's a, um, a mistake. Like my husband, as an example, a veteran, also a clear terrorist. And then to wrap it up at the end with a very wonderful bow He pulled a line from a great movie, um, not a war movie, but Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. I'm not sure if you remember that one, but um, remember when she is trying to honestly answer one of the questions as a pageant person and everybody looks at her like she's crazy. And then she says, oh, and cure cancer. Uh, And that is acceptable. And everybody loves that. So Biden totally did that after his speech, at the very end, he's like, and P.S., we need to cure cancer, and went on to go that he has a, he went on to say he has this great plan to cure cancer, and I I laughed really, and wanted to slow clap, because I'm like, cure cancer, G- good ending, solid point, we definitely need to cure cancer, you're right, Biden, go for it, and then he brought in, the a very Independence Day, again, movies, he just went for some classic movies and pulled some, some, you know, some movie lines and some Trump quotes and slapped his own brand on that. But he he really went for an Independence Day, you know, presidential speech at, at the end there where he kind of waved his arms around a little bit and he squinted a little bit less and was like, you know, and got all, you know, intense and presidential. But come to find out. He was quoting Trump. So, you know, there's that. So that is the State of the Union, guys. That is the state of our great great union and the state of our great presidency. And uh, things are looking up, guys. Things are looking up because Democrats are going to put on a Republican hat for this year to try to slip in any kind of wins or victories in the midterms and hope and pray that they don't just lose presidencies for years to come. They're going to start acting like conservatives. So if you feel like a kooka crazy person when you hear Biden start talking about funding the police and border security, then you're not crazy. You're not crazy. It's a new strategy. And I mean, again, at least we can say we all agree on some things. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, thank you so much for humor. Thank you for sarcasm. Thank you that I can express myself in these ways, Lord. You know my heart is that I mean no harm. I do desire for our country to be united. I am a patriot. I love our country. And I do hope and pray that we are moving in the right direction. And even today, as I was learning more about our founding fathers with my kids in school and just feeling like your hand was on this founding, your hand was on our constitution, Lord, I just pray that you continue to keep your hand on it and you continue to keep your hedge of protection around it. Lord, and we just look to you, and we follow you, and we know that you are the one with the good plan, and you know the state of our union. Amen.